so many people come and see me and they say, this was really fun. I didn't expect that. And I'm like, yeah, no, it can be really great fun. It doesn't need to be terrifying no. at all. Everybody said this person was great, but I am not loving them. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like dating. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> Come on. That's right. And I am with uh, my crazy collaborator. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Tanya Coons. For today's episode, we are chatting about what to expect when going to sex therapy. Can you believe we've only just done this topic now? I can't believe that either because lots of people say, oh, look, I heard you on FBI, but what is it that you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, maybe we should talk about this a little and, you know, let people know what it is exactly folks such as myself do when we're not chit-chatting on the radio. I think we should start with the biggest question of them all. What the heck is sex therapy? Oh my, yes. I, <laughs> I looked at that because our, our lovely Amber who wrote questions, I was like, oh, this is quite the question actually. I think, and I'll, I'll just give you my personal opinion, I think it's pretty much counselling or therapy that centres sex relationships or sexual health. Um, it started as a field in the 1960s with Masters and Johnson doing research, but then also therapeutic interventions with the people that they were researching or mm-hmm. coming to see them. And it's grown ever since then. In Europe and America, it's government regulated and very well regarded and widely respected. In Australia, a little less so. I've um, told people that I'm a sexologist and people are like, is that like being a hamburgerologist? No, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. You, there are definite qualifications and things that you need. But in Australia, it's a self-regulated field, so it's governed by its own industry bodies. Uh, and I think sex therapy started focused on sexual problems and dysfunctions, but today it's quite a broad field and it includes coaching and education. You'll see a lot of us out and about going, hey, you need to learn more about bodies and pleasure and how politics fits in with that and a whole bunch of interesting stuff. Mm. I mean, I quite personally love every other, I, I don't know, like three, four months or so, you're telling me about this new training you've undertaken again <laughs> in <laughs> like sexology. There's not a lot of people in their fields who undergo I think as continued or as rigorous a training and like learning period with their work as I mean just purely observing here yeah uh, it depends on the kinds of sexologists I mean the folks that I'm mentoring we're all sex geeks and we we want to know about things and it's really covers a lot of things it covers relationships it covers physiology and anatomy it covers you know like mental health and actually sex is such a radical thing it covers every area of your life so that then includes people's jobs people's families people's background the politics the culture the community it's actually pretty darned interesting and Mm. you can study on lots and lots of things and weave it all together into a body of knowledge so what are some like concerns that people come to you with ah okay yeah there's so many things that you could go to see a sex therapist for the, the sort of typical ones are maybe people struggling with some sort of dysfunction, difficulty with erections, premature ejaculation, maybe having difficulty having an orgasm. That They might be pre-orgasmic, as we like to say, rather than anorgasmic. Um, they could be having problems, uh, pain during sex or difficulty having intercourse. Uh, they might not understand how things work. A lot of people come to me from communities that don't encourage sex before marriage and they have these grand ideas or terrified ideas 
of what sex might be like and it hasn't gone well on the honeymoon and that can take them anything from weeks months or years to come and address that which yeah, is right. upsetting um, but sometimes people come because they want to be coached uh, you know like oh I want to learn about BDSM and I don't know anything about that or you know we're interested in opening our relationship up can you help us with that uh, or can you tell me about Tantra? You know, <laughs> that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of people curious and wanting to learn things. And then there are folks that uh, are having issues. For couples, the most common presenting issue is mismatched libidos, without a doubt. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, well, can sex therapists also help with physiological concerns? So say yeah. someone has like a bit of pain they're experiencing during sex or is that something they need to go see a like, you know, ER doctor for? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but maybe not an ER doctor. Um, there's a lot of professionals, pain's such a good topic actually, there's a lot of professionals that can help with pain and there's a lot of professionals that don't know about pain. I know I, go, I used to give lectures at, a, at a, an adjacent course to medical training and I had a doctor come up to me and say, in that two-hour lecture on sex, I learnt more than in my entire medical degree, which says well, a lot, yeah. right? Um, so often, you know, one of my colleagues at uni did a, a, a research master's in um, heterosexual women who experience sec, uh, pain, sexual pain. And she worked out that they had been to upwards of 18 practitioner appointments and often spent over 20 grand on medical expenses Jeez. before they found someone that could help them. So here's where we talk about things that might be a little political because there's a lot of research coming out now that women are expected to tolerate pain in the medical profession. But also when it comes to sex, I think they often get messages of lie back and enjoy it, take a deep breath, you need to learn to relax. Yeah. When I think sex education in this country around people with vulvas is particularly poor and their pleasure is not centred in any of the reproductive or sexual health information that people are taught as sex ed. So pain's a big one. And uh, I think you can see lots of people. I think when people arrive at my sofa, they're like, oh, my God, I've finally, finally found someone who understands what it is that's going on for me. Mm. Um, I work as a talk therapist, so I don't touch. Uh, so if I need to send them for an examination, I have uh, sexual health friendly doctors or pelvic floor physiotherapists. I'm um, you know, nearly 20 years in the game. So when people walk in and tell me they've got sexual pain, the way they hold their body, answering three questions, I can pretty much tell if they've got hypertonic muscle spasms Whoa. and send them off to someone who can help them unlock them and give them exercises while I will work on the mental component because a lot of physical things have a mental component. The pain's real, but it starts in the head. So you kind of need a team of folks. So I'm always, the folks that I'm mentoring, it's like you need a good diary full of people that you can refer to and work as a team mm. with. So yes, we see a lot of things. Interesting thing that in middle-aged men, erectile dysfunction can be a three-year indicator for a heart attack. Whoa. Yaha, because the smallest arteries in the body are in your groin. So if things start malfunctioning there and sex therapists know about these things, we can say, you know what, I think you should get a checkup at your doctor. It, it can also be a sign of um, uh, multiple sclerosis, diabetes, um, metabolic syndrome. There's a whole bunch of things. So I'll ask people a couple of questions there too. Like if you're having difficulty getting an erection first thing in the morning or when you're on your own, 
if it's a negatory to either of those questions, it's like, right, let's go to the doctor and run some tests because it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, totally. And we know to ask about that, whereas maybe a regular therapist might be chatting to you about this stuff but may not know this stuff because it's not been in their body of study. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, then say someone's decided to, you know, book an appointment, they have something they're coming to you for. What what can they expect when they are going into a sex therapy session? Ah, also a very good question because it depends on what type of therapist you're going to see. Some people call themselves sex therapists and they are coaches. Some people are counsellors. Some people are psychologists. Some people are body workers. Uh, again, this is the sort of uh, not regulated kind of thing that we have going on. So I think we're going to talk about how to find a good practitioner as we go along. But make sure you check out your practitioner before you go and find out what kind of therapy they are. They do. Because I tell people we do talk-centred therapy, but I focus on the body. I work via the body using different methodologies. So I will take some traditional routes of counselling. I use acceptance and commitment therapy. I use mm -hmm. existentialism, phenomenology and somatic approaches. Um, but I think people need to ask because so I know some people inquire with me hoping that they're going to get touch therapy and I'm like oh what is it that you're looking for oh no I'm you know that's not the right therapy if you'd like a referral I can give you one mm. um, so check it out um, some therapists talk you know so usually you'll sit down and talk about your presenting issue what it is that's troubling you and it might be um, family background relationship background relationship history sex history some folks like to give homework sometimes it can be written homework sometimes it can be doing things on your own or with a partner. Mm. So there's a lot of things that you can expect. We bring of ourselves, so I'm always encouraging folk to shop around and make sure things feel okay and comfy. Mm. My name's Maya Bielik. I'm with Tanya Coons, and this is Let's Talk About Sex, talking about sex therapy. And, hey, I mean, I hope you've maybe learnt that there are so many different uh Things that a sex therapist can help you unpack. It's not necessarily as straightforward or as, dare I say, stereotypical as yes. as you might expect. So many people come and see me and they say, this was really fun. I didn't expect that. And I'm like, yeah, no, it can be really great fun. It doesn't need to be terrifying no. at all. And I think something that's really interesting, you said, Tanya, you, are, you work in like talk therapy. Yep. And you specifically work... Uh, either alongside a team of like I guess therapists in this department but um, predominantly that you work on like the mental area of an issue that someone's come to see you right? True I'm trained in touch therapy it just it's tricky to do both uh, yeah. given the industry bodies and the way it, things are policed so I have all the training done all the things but and that informs my talk therapy mm. wonderfully. Well but, mm. my question then is can people in that sense, like you said, some of the most common things that they come to you for is mismatched libido. Yeah. Does that also mean that like relationship counselling is kind of part of your job description too? Yeah, totally. Um, I don't think that you can talk about sex without talking about relationships. People attempt it, but, but things come into play. So sometimes people come and see me on their own. Mm. Sometimes people drag their partner in by the ear yelling, fix my partner. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not a vet. I don't do fixing, but I could <laughs> do some, some sort of couple stuff and we could talk about things. And sometimes people come in saying, do you do marriage therapy? Because we need some help with communicating 
or things like that. With mismatched libido, it's very rarely straightforward. There can often be dysfunctions, fears, pain, lack of sex education, communication problems, relationship issues. It's very rarely just this is my sex drive and that's yours. It's such a uh, dependent thing. Pips mm. libido fluctuate and are impacted by many things. So it's not the same intervention for every couple. It's always going to be different. And then people can come with or without their partners. Like, yeah. how, how should you tell someone if you're not going together that you are going to see a sex therapist? Yeah, sometimes people, sometimes folks are like, you need to go and sort that issue out, go see someone about it. Uh, they're, so they're going at the recommendation of their partner. Sometimes an ultimatum has been given. That's not so great because you really want people to come with an open heart and an open mind. Sometimes they come on their own because they're worried about things uh, and... I generally encourage folks, if there is an issue that's in a relationship uh, or due to intimacy in a relationship, really you, you all need to come along mm. because it affects everyone. So understanding what the issue actually is rather than what one person thinks it is and the other thinks it's something else, mm. where it might come from, how it impacts the person, the relationship, what treatment regimes might be. And approaching things as a team is so much more fun, really. It's... It, it's not great for one person to feel broken or not functioning properly, right? It's more like, oh, yeah, these things happen. So how are you two as a couple going to do that? And rather than taking all intimacy off the plate, which people tend to do when there's a, an issue, well, why don't we not do that or we circumnavigate this, but, wow, there's so many other ways possible to be intimate. Have you contemplated that? What do you think is possible? How do we keep that side of the relationship going while we're looking at this issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, what then makes, like, what what is the distinction between you as a sex therapist and, like, a general therapist someone is seeing? Like, is it appropriate for them to bring up those concerns to their therapist if they're already seeing one or should they go and take on a new therapist? Yeah, also a really good question because... General therapists are super varied. Some of them are like, yep, let's talk about intimacy. Some relationship therapists will directly ask questions about sex. I love them. <laughs> but a lot of a lot of people, a lot of doctors don't like talking about sex. A lot of therapists don't like it. So, And this is why I run courses. So if you're a therapist out there that finds it difficult to talk about sex, I am actually running a bunch of courses on how to talk about different things to give people language and knowledge in that area. So it depends on what people have studied and spoken about so most sex therapists have got some sort of counseling or coaching background but they've studied sexual health or different areas of sexuality i hope and so look for accreditations in your therapist most counselors have methods um, and ways of being counselors and then they might be topping up and getting some sex education in some areas but that to date has been pretty tricky to get hold of so people are happy to talk to their level of expertise uh, a sex therapist or sexologist has actively studied what physiology and anatomy is, what's needed in arousal, how things work, what happens when things are busted, what mm. kinds of problems people can come up against, uh, and we'll learn interventions and things that might help people in specific situations. So we can get to the issue a little more quickly and we've got a probably a bigger bag of tools <laughs> to draw on than your average therapist but again I work with other therapists they will refer to me they're like this one's a bit much for me uh, and they refer out so I work on a, a model um, you start wide you know you, you look at what's happening and then you look at the more specific things and 
And if it if it feels like it's a bit much for you, refer out always. Yeah. Uh, my name's Maya Billick, and we've recapped what the hell is sex therapy, what you can go and see a sex therapist for, the differences between a sex therapist and a general therapist. Um, and I hope you're taking away just how much care, consideration and training someone like Tanya puts into their work every day in sex therapy. So on that, if you are interested in trying to find one, uh, Tanya, where, how do they start? Like what's, what's the first step? Yeah, this is so interesting because it's, it's, it's not like going to see a doctor where, you know, everybody's done the same thing and the same level of qualifications. There are a number of industry bodies in Australia. The national one is the Society of Australian Sexologists. Um, not everybody's registered with them, but you can have a look at what they want and expect for general members and for clinically accredited members. I'm a member there. I'm a general member, so, um, yeah, for reasons. <laughs> um, they only put their clinically accredited folks on the website, so they've got a large membership base, but you may not be able to see all of that. Um, also, not everybody works the same way, so the kind of therapist that's right for you may not be on an industry body's website. So I would suggest that you look at the About Me on folks' websites and look at the training that they've done. Most of us list our courses and training. You need about half an hour to read through mine because I am an extensive professional developer person and oh, a sex yeah. geek. Oh, yeah. I've done all sorts of fun, fun courses. Um, having a look at that and also the sort of ethos that you're looking for because, you know, some folks, some general practice, some general sex therapists are a little sex negative or pathologizing around things like kink or polyamory because they don't understand it or they don't work with it. And I understand that. So it's really, really important to find a therapist that is known or operates in your community. There are Facebook groups. I pick, I'm very well known in poly, kinky, queer circles. So people will do word of mouth in that way. So you can ask your friends or ask in Facebook groups or online groups, do it that way, but do your research. And I always think, um, you know, have in mind what you want. Uh, there are lots of sex therapists out there that are really great with certain cohorts and not with others. One, I saw a colleague of mine write an article once about curing asexuality and I was like, Whoa. Oh, no. That made me a little nervous. So, yeah, Ooh. but they may be really good in other areas. So it's it's a, that's a tricky one. You know, I think we have a big responsibility and we really need to be across all the communities and the folks that we uh, speak to. Yeah. Well, so how do you know then if you started seeing one that they are right for you? Is it a sort of similar, I guess, um, learning curve with like a regular therapist and how they make you feel when you go there? Yeah, I think it is. I, I'm always of the opinion if it doesn't feel right, then it isn't. Um, my invitation every time I meet a new client is please treat this first session as a job interview for me. It's very important that if you're going to speak about things that are intimate of nature, that you feel comfortable and relaxed and that we can establish a, a relationship uh, of trust. Uh, so when we, you know, and I often, I, I tell them my style is very casual and relaxed, there's even humour, <laughs> <laughs> and that works for lots of people but not everyone. So if you get to the end of today and it doesn't feel right or if you go home and you're not sure about that Tanya girl, mm. then give me a call because I promise I will not cry and I will not yell at you. I will try and find someone else that's a better fit. So I'm always there in my best capacity to be of service. 
I hope it's doing the work with folks, but sometimes we don't fit because a lot of us bring of ourselves. We all have to bring who we are into the room. Yeah, yeah. So really important, and you are not failing as a client if you're like, yeah, everybody said this person was great, but I'm not loving them. That's okay. Let that person help you find somebody else or go back to your sources and pick other folks. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like dating. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it is. (laughs) Real talk, though, how yeah. expensive is this? Oof, yeah, because uh, and it's really interesting because people ask about Medicare rebates and things like that. So sex therapists and counsellors are not government regulated, therefore they cannot give the Medicare rebate. Psychologists and social workers are, and there are some social workers and psychologists who have gotten themselves sex therapy credit- uh, credentials, so they can offer... Uh, the Medicare rebate on single appointments. Medicare rebates are not available for couples therapy. Mm. They're important things to know. The fees, they range from $120 to $450, even $500, it depends. That's a couple's rate. Lots of people charge a rate for couples and then a rate for singles, right? So it's important to know that. Health uh, insurance companies, if you give them a tax invoice, will give rebates on some appointments. So some people write down anxiety management or stress management or coaching, find out what it is. Uh, So it comes under general counselling. It can come under the extras cover. Um, It's frustrating sometimes because someone like myself, very, very, very qualified, can't get a Medicare rebate. And sometimes I can't get a provider number because I'm not a psychologist. So it's like, oh really frustrating because we do do things like help people identify heart attack risks and things like that when we're looking at holistic approaches to what's going on in their body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Well, that brings us to the end of Let's Talk About Sex today. Yes. I hope folks got a bit of an idea about uh, who they might like to go and see. And, you know, lots of folks come and see people and chat about sex. It's a really cool thing to do these days. You learn a lot. It can be a lot of fun. And most importantly, it can enhance your sex life and your relationship. That's right. Always ending with some words of wisdom, you are, Tanya. (laughs) 